0: Guess what, guys? There is only one place you can get a true Colorado Mountain Pie. It's your favorite locally owned, legendary, unbelievably delicious pizza joint, Bojo's. The Colorado Mountain Pie has become a staple, not only for natives, but for those who are just passing through and want to know where the best pizza in town is, and Bojo's is the only answer to that question. Their dough is made fresh daily and contains a locally sourced honey. Yep, they infuse their dough with natural sweetener, and it is to die for. There's something for everyone from Bojo's, from that mountain pie for an entire family to a salad bar with fresh veggies galore, Colorado beer on tap including Breckenridge Brewery and your favorite sports teams playing in the background. They also have private party rooms and $4 happy hours in select locations along with gluten-free options, so they have you covered no matter what. You can head over to Bojo's at any one of their colorado locations and check them out online at bojos.com that's b-e-a-u-j-o-s.com let's jump into the show and cole gets another good righty and another right by cole a left by cole this time tipped in front by mika Rentinen. he suits and scars Nathan McKinnon, Col J.T. Comfort, 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog, Collective Hugs, 29 and 92. See me by Drew Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious. <laughs> Welcome into the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their 17 locations here in Colorado and check out their stuff online at mygreensolution.com. Pre order for pickup and use code DNBR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. I'm Nathan Rudolph, he's AJ Hayflee. The Avs bopped the St. Louis Blues on home ice last night, defeating them 7 3 in what felt like a bit of a cork popping out of the bottle for the Avs as the offense finally just completely unleashed on a team. Once again, they have seven goals against Vegas about a week and a half ago, seven goals against the Blues. It's everything in between where things just weren't quite clicking. AJ this is just exactly what the abs needed, isn't it? Yeah. This was the ideal outcome,
1: right? Uh, You're going up against a team that everybody had been, you know, Oh, what if the abs have to play them in the postseason? It's funny. I didn't hear any of that last night. Yeah. Because uh, if the abs have to play them in the postseason, well, unfortunately for the blues, they have to come to Denver at some point. And if it's going to look anything like last night,
0: let it be. Yeah, Denver, Uh, not quite the house of horrors, as you put it, that St. Louis was, certainly. I do think that this started out as a very even game through the first period. This was just two good teams going at it. But Definitely. the big difference for me is the Blues lack that superstar talent. And yep. Nathan McKinnon showed up at the end of the first and showed exactly why you need someone like him.
1: This is this is kind of the fatal flaw of this current group of blues is that they don't have the elite game breaking talent yeah it's a roster full of very good players but they just don't they don't have any of that kale McCar Nathan McKinnon you know I'm I'm gonna take over this game because I can right um, that that just does not. St Louis has to they, they beat you death by a thousand paper cuts for sure they force mistakes you know they they beat you up and down the lineup all four lines rolling and just wearing you down and playing a playing a perfect game that that is it's all about counterattacking right and Colorado
0: didn't get sucked into that last night they just attacked. Yeah, I I think a, a big contrast obviously the home ice is is something that is quite different from the previous two games from the Blues but the Avs got to play with a lead in this game and obviously no team wants to play from behind but mm-hmm. the Blues in particular their style doesn't seem to function at all when they are not leading the game.
1: Yeah, they have to you know, they're not they're not really a team that can chase. Uh chase the game the same way that Colorado kind of can when they're, when they're trailing. Uh, But we, we see that when St. Louis gets up, they just put the vice grip on, right? Yep. And Colorado doesn't typically do that to teams, but definitely did it last night in that third period.
0: You know, it's, it's a bit of a different vice grip, nonetheless, though. I, it wasn't necessarily low event. They kept pushing that offense. Yeah, we'll get into Sam Gerrard a bit later, but they were able to be effective on the breakout, even in that third period, and generate scoring chances and bury the Blues, essentially.
1: Yeah, that's who Colorado wants to be, Right, is that they just, they just stomp whenever they want.
0: You can let your foot off the gas once you've got the touchdown, but before that... Just keep pedal to the metal, basically.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's um, the the variance in how they play the third periods is one of the big frustrations with this team because we've seen them just sit back and, you know, kind of let teams take it to them at times. And that's that's a normal thing uh, in third periods. What happened last night is is not a normal third period in the NHL. But it was to do that to do that against that team. Um, it's very
0: impressive. I would have to agree, considering they are at the very top of the Western Conference and the Avs made them look no different than some team that's out of the playoffs in that same division, that same conference. So it's look on any given night, any team can win an NHL game, but. Yeah when you look at a performance as dominant as one like this, it stands out a little bit, right They're The blues are not going to have a good time when the Abs play like that, no matter what. It's a little bit
1: of a shot across the battle. Yeah. I think a, a bit of a, you guys had beaten us twice in your barn and frustrated us and stopped, uh, you know, stopped us from doing what we want to do. And, And then, you know, Colorado kind of was, you know, there, I think, I think it was important for them emotionally, you know, they'd lost six in a row to these guys Uh, and they just ponied up man and kicked them right in the face,
0: kicking them in the face with skates on. That's pretty dangerous. No, it's pretty um, effective, too. It is pretty effective. Hard to argue that when you look at the final score. And let's talk about late-period goals here because they got the one in the first mm-hmm. from McKinnon. They came out rolling in the second period to get up quickly and get that two-and-then-three-goal lead eventually. Blues push back. Kale McCarr gets the late goal in the second period to make it 4-2 to put them back in the driver's seat. We talk about this a lot, especially on home ice. The Abs thrive off of that momentum a little bit, and its I just wanted to point out how big of a difference it makes when instead of at the end of a period where maybe you outplayed a team and you're only up by one goal when you were up by three, or it's tied instead of being up by one, that's the difference in this game from the past few, I think. The Abs are still working hard like they were in the previous ones, but it's not to get back to tied. It's to get ahead or to stay ahead.
1: Yeah, Uh I do think that uh, the the big uh, the goal at the end of the first is huge because it puts them in the lead, right? But that goal at the end of the second period was we're
0: not taking this not you about know, to go through this again. Yeah. Yeah. And McKinnon
1: even said after the game, he said, look, there was no panic. We felt like after they made it three, two, that we had this, that we were still in this thing. And he, uh, you know, he said after the game that, that they just had a, a different feel to it, that they didn't get tight. They were still playing hard. McCarr scores that goal and you're running downhill.
0: Yep. That, And, you know, other than that one five minute stretch in the second period where they did end up giving two of their three goals up, Mm -hmm. it did feel like the Avs were skating downhill for most of the game, even in the even first period where both teams were kind of getting their shots in. It felt like the Avs were able to impose their pace on the game, play a little bit faster, play a little more high event, particularly through the neutral zone in this one, and I think that's key for this team. And they're still learning how to be the dominant team, how to do what they want to do within setting the pace of the game.
1: Yeah, they definitely are still trying to figure some of this out. It's not like you just drop in and you're like, okay, well, we're better than everybody. Right. We know, we know how this goes. You know, I thought, I thought that they, I thought last night was a really positive step for them as a whole. Uh, obviously to beat St. Louis is nice just because you're chasing them and all the factors that go into it, but to do it the way that they did, that should send warning to everybody else. Like, Hey, these, these guys on any given night can absolutely smoke you.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's the point to stand out. The tweet I made last night was the abs have now scored more touchdowns this season than Joe Flacco threw. So take that John Elway. Yeah, shot at the Broncos aside, the Avs regularly drop six-plus goals in a game this season. It's I think it's seven games that they've scored six or more. The last night was the 11th time they've scored five goals. Yeah, if you drop it down to five, 25% of their games, they're scoring five-plus goals in. And imagine that.
1: So, they're 11-0 and 0 in those games.
0: Incredible, huh? Funny how that works. Yep. So... The abs are fully capable of winning games strictly on offense. We'll get into that particularly on the power play and also talk about the defense as well coming up, but we'll wrap the first period here and drink a celebratory Breckenridge brewery beer, the official beer of DNVR established here in Colorado in 1990, of course in Breckenridge. And I don't even have a Breck beer cause I drank it all the other night. Still, whether you want their vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, agave wheat, those are three I haven't mentioned in a while. And guess what? They're all great beers. You can find them at your local Davidson's or pretty much any other liquor store here in Colorado. I know that some places around the country do have a bit more limited stock. It's usually things like the classic Avalanche Amber Ale and things like that, but you can still find some type of brick brew unless you bought them all out like Omaha did a little while back. Still, they're sending more shipments. It's coming. Keep an eye out for it, and also keep an eye out for the Breckenridge event calendar on thednvr.com. It's been out there for a while now with all of our events on it, and we drink Breck brew at all of them, so come hang out and have a good time with us. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. We're talking about the Avs' a big win here, and a not-so-small part of that was the power play. Finally, we can have an episode of this podcast where we say good things about the Avs' power play. Scored three pretty big goals in this game. Miko's to go up 3-0 early in the second. McCars obviously, to make it 4-2 at the end of the second was massive. And then Confers to pretty much seal the game in the third to make it 6-2 and leave no doubt about it. This was the power play that I've been wanting to see for a while, particularly on the five on three. They removed the bumper from the equation with one extra man off the ice for the blues. They were getting that seam passed through. I just it was so much fun to watch them work that power play like that
1: yeah um i'm I'm not sure why this isn't a nightly thing
0: yeah i I mean. It's it was a very new look, right? They even on the five on three, they even switched McCarr and McKinnon. Had McKinnon working the point, McCarr down in the circle, and that kind of set things up as Ranton and into McCarr were able to find some chemistry and find each other a little bit to set up that first power play goal. But throughout the night. They On the other power plays, they continued working. They actually had Donskoy as the man essentially working the bumper spot, but the way Donskoy played it was significantly deeper in the zone. He played it almost crease front, essentially, and that opened up just so much more room in the middle of the ice, which seemed to help the abs immensely, and it did force the players playing on the half walls to skate a bit more, which got the blues moving as well, and everything just started to come together.
1: What uh, maybe what I thought was the most interesting about it, man, was that they just kept switching the units.
0: Yeah,
1: like power plays rocket and rolling. It didn't matter, right? They just keep switching them up as they go. And they just kept finding success with every little combination,
0: every little wrinkle that they that they ran out there just seemed to work. Do you think it being the halfway point of the season has anything to do with that? They say, look, all right, we know teams have the book on us. Let's just throw something completely different out there. They're not going to know what to expect and get a little bit of chaos going on. Um,
1: I don't honestly, I don't really know why they would do it.
0: Because it works, apparently.
1: But. Well, and, and sure, like it did last night, right? Yeah. But what if what if they... What if the thing, I mean, what if their power play had gone scoreless?
0: Right. What if there was no chemistry and all these mixes? We'd, be, and- we'd be sitting here drilling Bednar
1: for, you know, why are you needlessly flip flopping all these units? Sure. So it's funny how the, it's funny how the judgment of coaching works like that, right?
0: Yeah, it, you know, very results-based business, we'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't really care much about the reasoning and, and if things work. Yep. So, <laughs> sometimes it can be a little bit harsh to say the least, but I mean, when you look at the players that scored on the power play, Miko Rantman, someone the Abs need to get going. I know he's kind of been producing points behind the scenes since he's come back, but really a significantly better game for him here
1: yeah has not uh has and and like last night was better but there's still more for miko to give yep
0: i i think significantly more to be honest i mean he he i think the key for me in that last game was he's starting to look comfortable on his skates again I think he—that's something he's kind of been managing. Obviously, coming back off of an ankle injury, it was obvious he didn't trust it at first. Yeah, but I think he's still kind of working back up to it a little bit.
1: Yeah, and the four-point outburst his first game back probably sets the bar too high because now you know we're like, where are the dominant performances? And it's tough to he, – he got paid a lot of money. And I think it's a legitimate question as to whether or not he's lived up to that this year. If you just looked at his point
0: production, you would say yes, absolutely. Right. 28 but, points in 25 games right. is going to get you paid every time. <laughs> he's definitely registered a handful of empty points, though. No argument there. I do think that's true, but – this is another reason why I found this game encouraging for him is they dropped him all the way down to the third line. He uh-huh. played on a line with JT Confer and Matt Nieto for most of the game. And he was the driver. He was the man driving that train for not something he's done very much so far through his young career. So if that's something that he can start doing, boy, he's going to be earning that money pretty quick.
1: Yeah. And uh, you know, we know how he can, how he can take over, and we even saw, you know, last night with that goal he scored. You know, I don't know how he can, how he gets such good, uh, such a good piece of the puck when he's in such an awkward position.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he must be a nice guy to pass the puck to because you put it within five feet of either <laughs> side of him, and it he- gets a. Perfect shot into the net. So. Right.
1: Like we we talk about him, you know, as a moose and all these other things, but really he's just like this big floppy pterodactyl armed freak of nature. <laughs> <laughs> he can just bazooka pucks at the net from all different angles. And I just don't I don't know. Cause I don't ever see him practice it. Yeah, it he just does it in games, basically. <laughs> like I don't ever I don't ever see him. I don't ever see him working in practice. Like he works on the one timer and
0: stuff, but not I mean you don't see it look like that. He doesn't work on the put one knee to the ice, stretch all the way out and shoot a puck from behind his own feet into the top shelf. Right. <laughs> so, it it is an uncanny ability of his it seems to to get that one timer off in places that other guys simply just cannot do so well and that's what i
1: was saying earlier that's the separation between colorado and st louis yep is that without tarasenko st louis doesn't really have that guy they really really don't yeah david perron is having an unbelievable year and ryan o'reilly is obviously very very good at what he does but even o'reilly at his absolute peak of his powers you know (laughs) Where was he last night?
0: Not doing much to be honest, I guess you know, he got he, one assist but
1: yeah, and like he he had positive shot metrics, um going against the Kadri line, but only just, and the
0: quality against was too good. The ads were just the better team i I think is what this ultimately boils down to oh do they, they they were a smoke show last night. That's that, that's every
1: that's every team's worst fear playing the Avalanche this season is that That version of the Avs shows up exactly, and Exactly the, the in, is, basically basically. Yeah. because like this was dead even I mean we were eight to eight in shots on goal and then McKinnon on that breakaway at the end of the period. Yep. Which, by the way, started with Landis Gog making a really nice play along the wall. And that that springs all of it. And imagine that. Like good defense turned into great offense.
0: Funny how that kind of works the same way. Yeah. <laughs> good it, offense is great defense. It is. It's
1: it's it's interesting because it's just like, oh, this should just reinforce good habits. Yep. Because you guys haven't had success doing it the frustrating way of the last few games. And now you do it you do this all the right way. You guys tear it up. You just blew out
0: your biggest competitor and the best team in the West. So you get the four-point night from Nathan McKinnon, (laughs) but you also get that goal support from the one man we've specifically talked about in Nazem Kadri. The Avs, when they have that one-two punch down the middle, when Kadri is on his game offensively like he was, their one-two has to go toe-to-toe with anyone in the league, I think. You know, Crosby, Malkin type stuff there.
1: Yeah, like Crosby and Malkin is a different beast, right? Of course, that's uh, two 1Cs, really. But Right, and like even, even Bergeron and Krejci. You know, that's going to give you problems. But there's nothing that says McKinnon and Kadri aren't right up there because McKinnon is so special. And Kadri's a, a handful. It's on pace for
0: a 30-goal year right now. I mean that's, I mean that's exactly what the Avs hope for out of Kadri is to be on a pace like this. I know he has had a couple of lulls here and there, but it, it's hard to have too many complaints about him right now. Yeah, and like those lulls are good reminders
1: that like one, this is why McKinnon is special, and two, like Kadri's is not an elite player. Yep, he's very good at what he does. He's a very good number two C. But like, he's not an elite player and it's not, you don't expect him to
0: put up 75 points because he's never come close to that in his career. Right. You're hoping for 60 and you want 30 of them to be goals. Basically. Exactly. You're hoping for a 30,
1: 30 season. That's all you're hoping for from that guy. And behind a guy who's on 120 point pace, that's nasty. <laughs> Straight up. Like that's such a,
0: that's such a, that's such a problem for other teams. When the abs can roll essentially in this game, all four lines offensively, it's just you know they crush you on every angle. I think there was three or four players total that were sub fifty percent Corsi in this game at five on five for the abs. So it it's a struggle for other teams to play against something like that. We're gonna go ahead and end up the second period here and. As Sam Gerard keeps getting hit in the face, he might need Green Mountain Dental Group. As you guys may or may not know, taking care of your teeth is pretty important. And our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right, you simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. I'm still Rudo, he's still AJ. We're battling through this pod a little bit as we're both a touch under the weather here, but we're making it through the sick a little bit. And you know what was sick in a good way was Sam Girard against the St. Louis Blues. My goodness, this is the Sam Girard that the Avs gave a 7-year extension to. That this is who the abs want sam gerard to be and what a world of difference a little bit of confidence makes for that kid
1: yeah it um you know we've talked a lot about gerard and the the lack of offensive production i, I think that it's a great night and two very good games in a row from him uh, on the offensive side but not to not to to be unappreciative but it has to keep going you know and not four point nights because that's not realistic but the mindset the process the mentality of it you know the aggressive uh, way that he's moving his feet and attacking all of that is what created the 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 offense last night it wasn't like he did what he normally does and four points just fell out of the sky for him. Yeah. He
0: changed it up. And I mean, sure he is. I think this has been something happening over the past few games. He's been shooting significantly more. He's been having more success getting that shot through. So there definitely does seem to be a bit of a mentality change as far as that is concerned. And, Honestly, I, I do think it comes back a little bit to confidence. We saw for a time through December, he was very tentative, unwilling to skate with the puck, and unsure of his puck-moving decisions. And there was a none of that tonight. When he saw space, he stepped into it immediately. When he saw a good passing opportunity, he made Alex Petrangelo look like a fool on Nazem Kadri's second goal. So that that is the type of puck moving player that he is capable of being as you said can he keep it up yeah i mean
1: if he keeps if he keeps playing with that kind of confidence and that kind of uh that kind of aggression they become i mean what do you do right when he you run a
0: car back there right exactly and you know he can torch you And then Sam Girard rolls out on the next pair. And it's just you're you're playing chase the entire game long when they're just winding pucks up again and again and again through the neutral zone.
1: Yeah, he was so good, man. And it was it was so encouraging to see because it felt like it had been so long since we had seen that the guy that we saw in juniors, you know, that that. I mean, he dominated games in the queue from the back end. You know, he drove so much offense, and to 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 see it work out uh, this way. I mean, if if he's if he jumps up from a thirty point guy to a forty point guy, it's such a big difference,
0: right? And and I think that's the the key to this point. I think you put it in your post-game thoughts as well. Sam Gerard is a 30-ish point player and relatively solid defensively yeah. is fine. Like, you can live with that. And but... at 5 million, no issues. Right, but the it has a potential to be so much more than that. If he can play like he did this game, you know, even 30 times a year, that's just such a huge boon for the Avs.
1: Dude, it's game changing for them not to not to ruin a transition, but it really is. It's game changing for them. Shout
0: out you know? Strava Craft. Thankfully, they're not the read on this one, so you're you are good on the game changer. You you look at just the play that that he made last night, the country, one. I mean, that's it's perfect, right? Like, yeah, you you can't write it up any better, and that's the exact play that wouldn't have worked at the start of December because zero players in the in the league respected his shot at all he just wasn't shooting the puck and they knew it right it and as soon as you start to shoot
1: the puck whether it's effective or not as soon as you start to do it they respect it yep and 100 that was that was really the, the big difference is that they start to respect the shot and it opens up what he really wants to do with the puck and Which is feed it to
0: some other guy who has a bomb, right? That worked out pretty nicely in Yahtzee. Yeah, top to bottom, uh, probably the best game of the season for Sam Gerard by a long, 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 long oh, margin,
1: easily. So, and two dominant games in a row. Yeah, I
0: very, was, very good was against great Winnipeg he well.
1: game. He was yeah. great in that game.
0: Very encouraging there, as uh, I think that's something that. I forget, at least I think a lot of people forget as well, is this team's still super young and this team is still growing a ton. (laughs) Like The sky is the limit for the ceiling on this team. And considering how good they already are, that's a scary thing to think about.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at you look at the prime like the I should say the core of these guys and the team's kind of nasty, man. Right. You look at who are the youngest guys on the team? Makar, Jost, Gerard, Rantanen Those are the four youngest players on the Avs right now. And then after that, you have Kamenev, who, okay. And then after that, you have Zadorov, Nichushkin, McKinnon, Graves, Comfer, Burakovsky. All of those guys are under 25 years old.
0: Right. All and of them. You're talking about. Rantan and Gerard locked up extremely long-term. Yep. You still have McKinnon for four more years. Yep. Someone like Burakovsky, you're going to have to pay again, but he's an RFA coming up. So yep. locked down. Tyson Jost locked down. Ryan Graves, RFA coming up. Another guy you'll have to pay, but mm-hmm. you have control over. Obviously, Kale McCarr on his ELC. Uh, the Avs a lot of their future is already here is the point that I'm making. And obviously guys like Byram are still coming and all of that, but
1: I mean, we could we could talk about what's on the way and you know, how it's going to be, uh, how they're going to integrate those players into the roster. But with and Bowers and Byram and Timmons, you know, down the road, new hook, You know, who knows beyond that, maybe even some more guys, but it's
0: the guys that are here. They're,
1: they're such a problem.
0: Yeah, this, there's always holes to fill, right? And that's where guys like Byram and them come in. But when you're comparing to this team just a couple of years ago, where it felt like they were a block of Swiss cheese, you can kind of pick your spots and you have a lot of the holes filled already. So, yeah, it, it's a very, very exciting time—not only currently, but looking towards the future with all of those pieces. And I, I'm super excited for it. Basically, is is all I'm trying to get to here. Um,
1: yeah, I mean it's it's a good reminder though that like this is just the start. So all the people you know, I've had people who have hit me up during this the the skid here where they haven't played well and it's been like aj this is the same this is the same crap of the last 15 years they're not going anywhere maybe they win a round but it's like first of all why why is that unacceptable you know you haven't had a competitive team in so many years winning a round shouldn't be taken for granted you know and this is seriously just the beginning of this with
0: this yep. group, that's what what makes it so exciting, you know. You the talk about rentals will, of course, always come up every trade deadline, but Definitely. this is nowhere near a, a one and done, all in push for this avalanche team. This is oh, something God, that is going to continue for years and years into this new decade.
1: I mean, realistically, you look at you focus on McKinnon's contract. Yep, that's the first part of this and then when he gets an extension then how they succeed will have to be different so surely that's you look at the next four years this year and three years after that those are the ones that you really need they
0: they've got to do something big in that time take advantage of it yeah I'm i with you on that for sure the next couple of years is the Avs' time to essentially win a cup the creed. There were a couple of negatives in this game, but I don't want to get into them. Let's just end this podcast on a positive note because the Avs dunked on the best team in the West. AJ, yeah. final
1: thoughts? Like Whatever negatives there were, were outweighed by what they did. Yeah, exactly. And so, sometimes instead of, you know, okay, there is an NHL team. It was a very good NHL team out there on the other side of the ice.
0: Uh, it was imperfect, but Yahtzee. Boom. I love it. That's how we are going to end this one. Once that new contract kicks in for Sam Gerard, he's going to be in a very, very different tax bracket. So he might need SymbioTax and administration. They provide all of their clients with honest and knowledgeable tax services from a licensed professional. You guys know we're all about taking care of our own, and George at SymbioTax is a proud DNVR subscriber and diehard Abs fan. Whether you have a small business, you're looking to rent out a room, or if you just need to get your tax return filed go to a qualified professional like George. Don't end up at one of those retail tax chains. Call Symbiotax today for a free consultation at 720-366-4470 or visit them at symbiotax.com. That's symbio tax.com. That is going to close this one out and this week out for the DNVR Avalanche pod. AJ, thanks for trooping through. I hope you feel better. Get healthy over the weekend and y'all will hear from us again on Monday. We believe Piper is the
1: best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have... Refer people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really they have become a one-stop
0: shop for all of our needs.
1: If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303 646 5 or go to piperelectric.com.